Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jake from the Total Screamers podcast. The Premier League's in full swing, and that means it's time to throw on your club shirt and make sure you don't take a nasty tackle below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs with the code SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. That's SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Total Liverpool podcast. Uh, we're back with our second episode and we have a full lineup today. Deej, welcome back mate, how are you feeling? Feeling alright mate, thanks thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for the welcome. There we go, he's back and we're also joined by Simo and Adam again. Boys, we're going to start with um, probably the hottest topic that's going on with Liverpool at the minute and that's uh, Genie Wijnaldum and his comments that have come after, obviously, he signed with PSG. Deej, we'll start with you. What do you make of the whole Genie situation now that he's left? He's now coming out and, and saying this about the fans. I think a lot of people expected him to come out and say, to sort of slag off FSG and things like that, but it's sort of been the opposite, and he's sort of had a little pop at the fans there. What are you making about it, buddy? Yeah, so the, the whole time the whole contract negotiations were going on, I thought it was pretty obvious that the issue was on FSG's side. So I was one of those people who thought when Genie came out and actually said something, it would be scathing to the owners. But turning around and uh, publicly in an interview for a, a newspaper that's read by tens of thousands, if not even hundreds of thousands of people in, in the Times, uh, and essentially tarring a bunch of Liverpool fans as, as, as bad fans. I mean, yeah, there's social media trolls everywhere, and I get it. It, it, can, be, it can be sort of difficult to deal with. But again... And my feelings of this are pretty much summed up perfectly by what Cara tweeted, which was, uh, I love Genie, but this is not right. Social media is a circus and every club have clowns. Turn off your notifications. And if it's bothering you that much, delete the app. You wanted more money. The club said no. And that's football. And it's that last sentence that it, it kind of rings with me. I, th- I think this does sound like um, making excuses to sort of uh, hide the fact that maybe he didn't get what he wanted and it wasn't a, a a money grab situation or a time grab because I think the length of contract he was offered is probably more the sticking point and the fact that he didn't get the, the four-year deal rather than the, the one or two years that they maybe offered him uh, I mean I, I've got nothing to back this up but I feel that that's probably what made the contract negotiations fall apart uh, and I think this is is kind of a shield for that I mean I, I love Genie. I've always loved Genie. I think he's got a deserved place on uh, on the champions wall at Anfield but I, I think this has been handled poorly that's fair enough Adam we'll come to you uh, I know we spoke before and you were a bit sort of undecided about the whole thing so have you had a little chance to think what are you thinking now yeah like I think my only thing is is when I when I actually read the article the way I interpreted it was 
well, he, he never actually specifically said that the fans on social media were the mm. reason he declined the contract and, and moved away. I think the way he went about the situation and, and the way he sort of like aired all of like the dirty laundry and um and, and sort of his feelings on, on fans on, on social media was I think he went about it a little bit childish. Um, you know, it was probably unneeded. He didn't need to do it in that way. If to be honest, probably didn't need to do it at all. Um so um yeah, like I'm still a little bit on the fence with it all, to be honest, because I, I think on one hand I don't blame Wijnaldum for wanting to move on. Um, well, look, at the end of the day, he's like 30 years old. Um, or is he, I think 30, 31 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's it's like sort of the last big contract of his career. He's probably going to look to try and, you know, secure the bag. You know, finish a finish on a high, finish on a lot of money, and you can't you, you can't really blame a player for wanting. You'd do to do that. that. Anyone yeah. would do that, wouldn't they? Really? Yeah. Especially, especially when like he's you know he's he's done what he has done for the club, and you know no one can ever really slander that. Um, so on one side, I sort of think you know fair play, and and personally, I I agree, I agree with DJ. I think it was the deciding factor, probably was the length of the contract. Mm. Uh, I think from what I heard, it was he wanted the four year deal. Liverpool wanted uh, to just offer him the two, and and he wasn't happy with that. Um, and ultimately, that was the deciding factor. So I think. The way it's sort of, it looks really bad on him because the way it's come out is it looks like he's trying to blame the fans for him not signing a contract, um, yeah. which looked terrible, I must admit, and it does look really bad on his part. But, I mean, maybe I'm trying to look into this too deep because I love him so much, but he doesn't specifically say anywhere, that is the reason I didn't mm-hmm. sign. So, so I think... You know, I'm I'm still sort of like I I don't want to like I I'm trying so hard not <laughs> trying to, to keep it neutral. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's that's just sort of where I'm at. Like I just I think I I, I don't hold any any sort of grudges against him. I, I wish him the best in his career, but I just I just think the way he went about this, not necessarily what he said, but just the way he went about it. You know, airing it all on social media before doing anything else first is is what I have a problem with. Mm. That's fair enough. Simo, we'll come to you. What are your thoughts on the situation? Uh, firstly, before I start, um, sorry about my disgusting background. This is what an army accommodation looks like if you're not seeing one. <laughs> I need to get a green screen or something, green screen or something to um, sort it all out. But moving on to Gene, um, it's a difficult one. I'm very much. I don't. I, I don't think a player would ever not sign a contract due to some abuse on social media. Abuse on social media is it's horrendous, and the way social media is structured right now, it's it's really hard to eliminate with the anonymity that that social media offers. And yeah, the the world is full of idiots, and and that's just something that anybody in the public eye is going to deal with. And it's not right that they have to deal with, but it's just uh, it's just a. Um, a fact that that comes with being in the public public eye that, that these these people with, with the current structure of social media that's what comes. I don't think he didn't sign a contract, and that's the reason why. I think he just it maybe I think it's just came across. He's mentioned that as one of the maybe lowlights of being at Liverpool was um, a bit of a you know the abuse that he got on social media. But you know he's not going to come out and slate FSG because Genie's time at Liverpool was a fantastic time. Uh, he won the he, he competed in finals. He won the Premier League. He won Champions League. He, pro, he, he spoke openly about the the environment that he was in under Klopp and the players around him. And obviously, that was facilitated by by the owners in some aspect. Um, they contributed to that in some aspect by you know bringing in players like Van Dijk, Sar, all these sort of things. So he had a good time at Liverpool. I think he maybe should have just did the PR thing. He just said I had a good time at Liverpool. We couldn't come in. Uh, to an agreement so I had to move on and it's it's unfortunate I think that's probably the way it should have been but I think it's a minor piece of an article I read the article it was a minor piece mm. of it I think it just yeah. got blown up because everybody was expect everybody wanted Gini to come out and go against FSG because that's a new hot thing right now for Liverpool fans is to, is to not like FSG um, but in terms of the actual contract right I think what people need to understand is that Within the spine of Liverpool, there is a lot of players that are either really approaching their 30s quite quickly or already in their 30s. And these players are key players to the spine of Liverpool. When I mean, you're looking at a Virgil van Dijk, a Jordan Henderson, Mohamed Salah, Bobby Firmino, Sadio Mane, these players are approaching 30 and, and beyond. And I think that's a good thing because I do strongly believe that players play their best football in their late 20s slash early 30s. This is where they have the most football and experience and at the, the peak 
of the athletic ability to, to use that football mm. experience. It's not it's not just about you know your mental ability to to move around the football pitch. You still have that athletic ability to to match that experience. Some players really really hit their heights um, near the end near the end of the careers or just before they hit the sort of twilight end. And I think. Liverpool maybe didn't want to offer contracts to everybody that was either approaching their 30s or already in their 30s, especially long-term four, four-year deals. I don't think it's very wise. Otherwise, you end up with a bit of a Real Madrid situation where you still have a lot of world-class players within the squad, but they are an age of squad, and, they, and a single squad can't last forever. Mm-hmm. And that's just a fact, a fact of football. At some point, we will have to invest and wingers that are going to take the places of Manny and Salah and a, and a centre-forward that's going to take the place of Firmino and eventually a centre-back centre that's going to take the Van Dijk. And these are just the facts of football. You can't give all of these players four-year deals out, or at least I don't think it's wise, especially with that, that time they're going to be looking for a lot more money um, because of the competition in the world right now. You know, UV is they love a free transfer. They love to offer plenty on wages uh, PSG right now they are the, are the ones that are just um, keen to offer high wages rather than high transfer fees Barcelona right now don't really want to spend any money they just want to give high wages to players even though they're they on a bit of a pickle with a race situation but they're not good but yeah it's just I think it just made it didn't make sense because I, I wish Genie was still a Liverpool player I absolutely do wish Genie was still a Liverpool player but I think it comes to us that that maybe we can't offer all these players four-year contracts and long-term deals because um, we need to look at where the club is going to be in a, a 45-year period. Yeah, Simo, I think you hit the nail on the head there by you know summing up the fact that, yes, the squad is ageing and we can't, like you say, we can't offer everyone a new deal. And at some point, our favourites are going to have to move on. It's a circle of life. It's a circle of football. Teams rebuild. Teams have to rebuild or they go stale. And that's, I think, what we're starting to see at Liverpool starting to happen. We'll stick with contracts and a bit of bad PR. Adam, we'll come to you with Jordan Henderson. Obviously, uh, it's come out recently that Henderson isn't top of the priority list for Liverpool in terms of his contract. And I can see why. He's still got, I think it's, what, two, three years left on his deal. But he's obviously... Well, his agents come out and said that he's not happy. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, I, I don't blame Henderson, first of all, for not being happy. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's, he's the captain of the club. Um, he's been an integral part to everything we've done over the last few years. Even like even last season, like he's the guy that went and filled in at centre-back. Um, I think he played full-back for one or two games as well. And yeah, he's, he's, he's done absolutely everything plus more for the club. And... For it to, it doesn't even seem like it's just not sort of a priority. It seems like they actively don't really care about really trying to keep this guy on. And and, and it seems from Henderson's camp that they've made it pretty obvious they don't want a, a situation like uh, what's happened with Wijnaldum where, you know, it's getting to the latter stage of, of his contract. He's still not got a deal that he's happy with. Um you know, and he eventually has to end up moving on for free, which is why I think the rumours started circulating about uh, a potential transfer move. Um, look, obviously, I, I don't think that'll actually end up happening. I think Liverpool will sort of get their act together and, and get a contract sword on the table for him. But if if that were to happen, and I think I speak for all of us in saying this, um, obviously, I feel free to interject. If, if not, if that were to happen, it would arguably be the worst decision Liverpool have made as a football club to let Jordan Henson go. Um, for oh, we've made some howlers. We've made some howlers. We have, but I think, look, I think with in the position that we're in. So I look again. Like I think, think people. We talk about um, having a bit of an aging squad and, and and maybe looking at rotating a few players on. Henderson is not one of those players. Like mm. I, I've just spoke about how important he's been to this team. The fact that he's he's willing to sort of play in a number of positions just to keep us ticking over. And I think people actually forget how good this team still is. Last season, yeah. obviously, look, there was a lot, a lot of injuries, um, a, a lot of just different things going on. I, I genuinely believe next season, even with the current squad we've got, it's good enough to at least ch- maybe not maybe not win the league, but at least good enough to challenge for the league. And Jordan Henderson will be an integral part of that fact, mm-hmm. and he, I think he probably will be for the next few years as well. Um, so I think I think it's just something we really, really can't afford to mess up, and and therefore I think it should be higher on the priority list than it currently is. Simo, what are your thoughts on this? I know Henderson's 30, he's still got three years on his contract. And 31. Obviously that has 31. And yeah, sorry, 31. He's got two or three years on his contract. 
do you would you start panicking if you're Liverpool and Henderson Simo and, and be rushing to get a contract together? I wouldn't be panicking at, at the point we're at right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be panicking. But I think, you know, it makes sense to keep Jordan Henderson at the club for as long as possible. It absolutely does. The only place for Liverpool doesn't really require, you know, extremely high burst of pace. And, and you know, like, what he does is essentially dictate tempo, play the short, smart move pass, d- dictate where, where Liverpool, what side of the pitch Liverpool are going to attack down. Essentially is what he does. And he has a lot of covering in for, for Mo Salah. He's just absolutely refusing to do any sort of defensive work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and when Trent is bombed on a wee bit too far you know so it's a fairly simplistic role that he does and not to say it's, it's simplistic but I don't think he'd require I think he could do it in his latter years you know and he can be that sort of to put an, uh, a comparison into the Premier League probably that sort of Vincent company Fernandinho where they are they are ageing but they were still really really highly effective at the end even uh, James Milner the James Milner role the James, the James Milner of course is I don't think Jordan Henderson maybe is, is, is as versatile as James Milner um, James Milner is still one of the fittest players in the squad he, mm. he always smashes a lactate test and leaves the youngsters like in the dust eating, eating milli dust um, but yeah I just I think it absolutely makes sense to, to keep Jordan Henderson um, a big character a leader in the team as long as possible I could see him at Liverpool you know and ending his career at Liverpool you know well in his 35, 36 even in 37 when it comes to like a, a rotational player and he's much more into a sort of leadership role I could 100% see that with Jordan Henderson I, mean, I don't think it makes any sense to let Jordan Henderson go to a different club Deej will come on to you finally on, on the Henderson topic go on mate yeah, the floor so is yours he's, he's 31 he's got two years left on his contract uh, and I think this is a case of uh, the business sensibility of a deal outweighing the football insensibility of a deal. And I also yeah. think a lot of it is just newspaper media drama. Uh, it's sort of I blown think, I think a lot of it's it that as well, yeah. Yeah, we had a, a lull of news. <laughs> People yeah. are just looking for stories to blow up. <laughs> the, the, the business side of it, it makes sense to not offer him a contract this summer. He's got two years left. He's 31 mm-hmm. years old. He's The past couple of seasons had a few lengthy times out with injury. So I... I mm-hmm. I think, it, or at least it smacks to be sensible in my head, that FSG are probably thinking like, all right, we'll, we'll wait until the end of this season. If he has a good season this season and stays fit, then yeah, we might give him that three, four-year contract uh, extension. Uh, but if he's not proven fitness, like consistent fitness, uh, we may wait until he's down to his final year and then start offering like a yearly rolling contract instead. I don't think FSG yeah. wants to get rid of Henderson. I don't think Henderson really wants to leave Liverpool. He's been here 10 years. He's been our engine, our driving force for everything that we've achieved. And is is uh, more recently, people have started singing about him a bit more uh, and like singing his praises. Uh, opposition fans, uh, for the longest time, were talking about how Hendo was a joke, right? And how he's... he's yeah, that was for years, wasn't it? Like, yeah. no one outside Liverpool fan base rated Jordan Henderson at all, did they? Exactly, for years? Yeah. He's not, now he's starting to sort of get the the recognition that he's deserved for what he's done for us, uh, and I, I don't think he's he's g- going to be the kind that's going to throw that away. And now, even if Hendo does leave this summer in a transfer, or he leaves at the end of the end of his contract in t- in two years' time, uh, I I don't think it'll be leaving with any sort of animosity towards the club, any sort of animosity towards the fans. It'll just be one of those things where an agreement couldn't be reached or a contract of. Uh, the right length wasn't offered, so he ended up going and finishing his career somewhere else. But I, I'm, I firmly believe that I think Hendo's going to finish his career at Liverpool. I don't think he's going to leave. Yeah, maybe a year at Sunderland. I think Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Liverpool will want to uh, have what happened with Steven Gerrard happen with Jordan Henderson, where you know your you, you club captain, um, your leader for the past sort of decade, goes on a whimper. I don't think Liverpool will want that. I think. I don't think Jurgen Klopp would want that either. He'd want to keep him around. He's his, you know, he's he's his right hand man at the end of the day, and he'll want him there. And losing yeah, I mean, Wijnaldum's leadership as well. Like for someone yeah. who did want to keep Wijnaldum though, yeah, Klopp yeah, definitely did. But for, for someone yeah. who isn't a scouser, uh, he really has sort of stepped up and filled that Mister Liverpool role that obviously Cameron and Gerrard yeah. were were feeling. And and like he hasn't come through our academy. He came through Sunderland's academy, and we signed him when he was in his early twenties. Uh, the fact that he is. I mean, he must have been 21. He's been here 10 years, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, the fact that he has sort of stood up, become the captain, become sort of like mm. the symbol of Liverpool, not only on the pitch, but also off the pitch. I mean, he was, mm. I think, eighth or ninth in the in the uh, times giving list or something this year. Yeah. 
uh, giving something like four to five million to the NHS for the COVID fight. Uh, and you see a lot of the work he does with the LFC Foundation as well, with the, mm-hmm. the people local in Anfield, uh, with the food banks and what have you too. So like he does epitomise Liverpool, I think, as, as, a, as an attitude. I quite like that he's sort of the figurehead of the Premier League sort of captain's club where they kind of get together. The Premier League captains, they apparently have like a WhatsApp or whatever. <laughs> and they kind of talk. And like Jordan Henderson is like the sort of figurehead in that. And he, and he organised like a few charity things for the um, captains. And I think he ordered like a meeting when the Super League was, that the mm. fiasco was going on. I quite like that our captain is the main man. And what I kind of worry about is we... You know, for the past sort of like 20 years, our captain has been a midfielder. Even before that, God, um, even in the later 90s, our captain was a midfielder. So, like, the, the photograph of Gerard putting the captain's armband, like, on Hendel's arm. We don't quite have a player at the club that can... Add it. It's not an obvious sort of lineal captain. <laughs> it's, like, almost hereditary at this point. Like, it's like the captain picks the next one, and then he's there for ten years. I quite like that we've, that we've had, like, steady captains for the past, like, two decades. It's pretty cool. Um, and <laughs> our captains have just been so iconic, and, do you know what I mean? They've, and the last two captains we've had both, you know, we've got pictures of them lifting Champions League trophies with, with squads around them. I think that's fantastic. And I think, you know, maybe there will come a time where it will make sense for Hendel to leave. I hope it's not kind of like he's just kind of getting forced out of the club. Maybe Gerard wanted another year. Um, he's still got his year in America and I think he, in his documentary, he did make his dream. He did kind of speak about him, maybe right that he went. They cleared his head after the, you know, we lost the league and it was blamed on the switch, but the slip. But it was obviously that's the easy man's explanation. There's a lot of factors of why we didn't win the league that year. Um, but yeah, I think maybe another few years ahead, definitely another five for me. I would, I'd be happy. Jumping off what you said there, though, Simo, can we do a quick whip round? Who's your next captain? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's going to go on to Van Dyke. I think after uh, after Hendo. I think the thing is, like, how, how many years is he going to get? Yeah. yeah, he's like the same age as Hendo. So Hendo leaves, and then you can think maybe Ford isn't too far behind him. <laughs> careers tend to be a bit longer than midfielders' careers, though. Don't yeah, you? of course. I. He could be still wait. He could be the. You could be doing a Sergio Ramos, still like doing the business. At, you know, closer to forty than thirty. You know, so yeah. Um, no, I mean, maybe it does make sense. I mean, Vodge is obviously such a, 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 you know, towering leader. It's fantastic. And if you look at the Liverpool squad, there's loads of national captains in there as well. Um, you know, I would say, I would say Hendo is a captain of England, but he pretty much is. He's a better captain than Harry Kane. Harry Kane's just a figurehead. We all, we all yeah, know he's in charge. I, I, he's, he's got, he's got, Kane has got the armband for PR reasons, I think. I, like, yeah. even in the Euros final, it was Henderson sat doing the team talk for everybody. Yeah. Um, he even as much. Like Kane has even said as much that Hendo is is kind of an equal captain to him in the squad for England. And then you kind of like you know Andy Robertson, Scotland captain, Mane, Salah, um, Gina and Aldum, uh, Van Dyke, or international captains as well. Um, Joe Matip, I'd imagine, is the Cameroonian captain. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just assuming I've not watched a whole lot of Cameroon football. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got a few. We've got a few. Who, who's your Who's your next captain, Simo? From the current squad? Yeah. Andy Robertson. Robertson, Adam? I I, I think between Robertson and Van Dyke, I'd, I'd probably say Van Dyke at this point in time. Um I may just point out that um, I might be a bit biased. I could be biased. <laughs> um, and, and, and then looking for, obviously, I'd love to see Trent at some point be captain, obviously, way too mm. early at this stage. But I think, yeah, I think Van Dyke's probably the sensible option. I think if we're talking, what, five years from now, my captain will be Trent or Curtis Jones if he kicks on. Oh, and Curtis Jones! That's a that's a crazy Speaking of Curtis Jones, we're moving on to him and Harvey Elliott. Uh, their roles this season, boys, I think it's Curtis Jones had a bit of a breakout season last season. I'm expecting some big things from him, and I'm also expecting big things from Harvey Elliott. Adam, we'll come to you. What are you expecting Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott's roles to be this season for Liverpool? Well, I think it's a, a bigger step up for probably Curtis Jones. I expect him to get because obviously you've got to factor into the, the 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 idea that he got a lot of first team game time last season due to the injuries. I, th- I think mm-hmm. he was probably going to get some anyway, but he got more than probably we all expected him to. Um, just, you know, like I said, because of the nature of the injuries. 
But this season, I wouldn't be shocked if he did get a similar amount of game time to what he did last season. And that's obviously purely because uh, Wijnaldum's left and we're Mm -hmm. still a bit unsure, really. Like, are we going to bring someone in? Are we not at at this point in time? I'm probably, I think I'm leaning towards not. Um, So I'd expect the likes of Curtis Jones, Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to step up. And I think if Jones really wants to really wants to get a foot in the in the door to, to sort of prove that he's going to be here around to, to stay around this first team squad for the next however many years to come this season's probably the one um you know as of what we've seen him have, have a bit of a breakout season last season played well if he does it for two years in a row I think then you sort of you probably can't deny the fact that he's good enough to be around this team mm-hmm. and um you know and, and fight for his place uh, in the starting lineup for Harvey Elliott I think it will be more of like a. I, I, I think he'll play. I think he'll get minutes, but I don't think it'll be a huge season for him. Um, look, just purely on the basis of the, he's not. I, I can't really see him fitting into the first team in in sort of big important game. I, I don't also see why we drop Mane or Salah for a big game to to put in Harvey Elliott. I think he'll get game time. Like I said, maybe uh, maybe run in the FA Cup um, or the League Cup. Um, you know, may- maybe even a Champions League group game. Who knows? But I just, I don't. I think, I think we're going to look to get him involved more. I just don't. I, I think, I still think there's players ahead of him that maybe Klopp would look to use if they're fit. Um, I think Shakiri uh, being one of those on that right hand side. Um, but look, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to get game time. I think he will. I just think it's probably a less of an important season for him than it is for Curtis Jones. So yeah, one thing I've noticed since Harvey Elliott's come back is how much more of a man he looks than than obviously previous seasons. He's 18 now, he's bulked out quite a lot and he looks like a, a real confident sort of player. I know it's only pre-season and, and, and it was at Blackburn last season, but every time they just wanted to give him the ball at Blackburn. You know, he's playing the championship, 17 years old, give him the ball and he was sort of running the show from what I saw. Deej, we'll come on to you. Uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, what are you thinking for the next crop of Liverpool players? Yeah, I, I love both of them to bits. Like the future for Liverpool is incredibly exciting with players like with those two, with people like Musielowski and mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the forward's name who's in the under 17s at the moment, Balzaghi or something like that. Um, I, I, I'm going to get slated for forgetting his name there now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot of really good young players. I mean, obviously Trent's still really young. Canate's mm-hmm. really young. We've We've got a good core of young players coming through. And I think Curtis Jones, I think we will see a season very similar to last season for him, uh, game time wise. Uh, there's been a lot of noise from from fans all over social media about how Curtis Jones could be the genie repl- replacement. Now, as far as squad spaces go, I think Curtis Jones last season, uh, we don't have to register him as a squad place at the moment. He's still young enough to get away from that. But I think mm. he kind of filled the Lalana space in the squad where Lalana had moved on to Brighton. Curtis sort of took that uh as far as like game time he was getting more the position he was playing as well slightly more advanced kind of that Metzala role moving from the center out to the left and cutting back in uh, and I think we'll see more of the same of that for him but I think if Naby Keita stays fit he's going to be our choice for that side because in preseason so far he's been building up quite a relationship with Sadio Mane down there and it's mm. looked it's looked frighteningly good uh, and I'm trying not to get excited and jump on that cater train <laughs> inevitably he will get how long will he stay fit yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but as far as Harvey Elliott goes I think based off pre-season uh, I think we're going to see a different Harvey Elliott to what we're expecting mm. to see I, I don't think he's going to be used as a Salah rotation I think he is going to be used as a central midfielder uh, otherwise uh, yeah, why would have played him in that position multiple times in pre-season building up that understanding with Salah and now I think this is really interesting as well because we see Elliot as that that tricky winger type that that would play in that Salah role, which means you play him a little bit deeper. Uh, he he knows the kind of things Mo's going to be trying to do, and he's obviously learning off him right now. But as as a winger himself, he knows the kind of movements he would be making in that area. So the kind of passes that he can play would be to facilitate that kind of attacking play that he would make. So Mo will likely take a lot of advantage over that. And then when we think about midfielders, centre midfielders, we've got that can play on that right hand side right now. Uh, we're pretty much talking Hendo and Millie, and that's that's all we've got there. Mm. So if Hendo does end up getting injured, and Elliot's been playing in this centre mid role uh, through preseason, I can see Elliot being used as, as sort of the rotation there, as well as maybe occasionally rotating in for Salah uh, or even Mane on the side. Um, Adam mentioned Ox as well. It seems like the plans for Ox aren't in the midfield. It seems like the plans for Ox are as sort of a rotation for Bobby 
playing the false yeah, nine role. In, in pre-season, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It is interesting, and I, I, I don't know how I feel about that one either because I think as a as a attacking midfielder, I think as with late runs into the box, I think he he's a brilliant option. Now the extra responsibilities that come on a false nine with that about dropping deep to pick up the ball, holding it up, and playing passes in for other people. Uh, now there's no doubt that the ox is is strong, but is he strong enough to hold up uh, play enough to to bring Mane and Salah into play coming in from wide? I think he strikes me more as the kind of person that likes to use his strength to run at people. Mm. Um, well, we've seen him do it multiple times, and we know he's got goals in him as well. He always gets a goal or two out of him. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be in the midfield options as like the first thought. But uh, yeah, I think uh, similar to to what Adam was saying, I, I don't think we're going to see an awful lot of Elliot. I think he is going to be used as injury cover, uh, maybe in in some of the domestic cups, and, mm-hmm. and as he said, a Champions League group game. I think that makes sense for for Harvey Elliott to sort of further his progression along. I'm just happy we're not loading him out. I think keeping him and having yeah. him learn off Salah, yeah. learn off people around him. I think that's that's probably the more important move for him at the moment. Timo, we'll come on to you next. What are your thoughts, mate? I'm just going to carry on for where Dee's left. I'm also really glad that Harvey Elliott isn't going away on loan this year. I think he had his positive loan last year, but he played extremely well and became a talisman for a, for a championship side at such a young age, which is obviously very, very promising. Um, I would say maybe Klopp is kind of, he's trying things in pre-season because that, this is where you try things, obviously. Divock Origi just could not play that false nine role. Um, he just couldn't. It was, it, he was he was really bang awful at it. So Klopp is most likely looking for a player that that can come and do that. Jota is a different kind of centre forward when he moves into the central area. Yeah. Um, he is very much sort of like going to be running on the last man through the channels, stuff like that. He's not. You're not going to be like you're not playing it in the air to Diogo Jota. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of. I do think Harvey Elliott could maybe compete. I forgot Shaq and um, Manamino. He, he could maybe see that as his immediate competition um, because we all know how much Salah absolutely loves rotation. He hates not to be playing. If, it's, if there's any sort of stakes on the line, then Salah just does not do rotation. It really, really affects him in terms of his like, morale. He, he, even being substituted too early, if it's too early and he's or he's not scored or he's on a hat trick or something like that, Salah comes off, he's not happy. So maybe Klopp's looking at our way. How can I fit Harvey Elliott onto a competitive game with the stakes and still have more Salah on the pitch? Um, because obviously Harvey Elliott, he was out on that right-hand side and sometimes the left of Blackburn and he, he played supremely well there. Um, in terms of Curtis Jones, I don't think James Milner is within Curtis Jones's um, competition for midfield places. I do think that Hendo and Fabinho and Milner are going to be competing for the sort of box-to-box defensive sort of type midfielders. And then you have Nabucata, Ox and Jones competing for that sort of forward-minded um, midfielder as we sort of look to the, the three, I think. If Ox does maybe do it a wee bit better than another preseason game as a false nine, maybe maybe he comes on in latter matches that are already won to maybe see. Because I think Klopp maybe does want to rotate a wee bit more this season. It's something that he's maybe been slightly criticised for the past. He's not rotating enough and just playing players until their legs fall off. And maybe that's how we get a wee bit, you know, a lot of musculoskeletal injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, I think... Curtis Jones, he has a look at his immediate competition. Nabakea, Ox, kind of get in front of them. You know, if he comes on in the impacts games the way he did last season, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's a, definitely a case to be made that if he comes on and gets on a good run, that he can maybe edge out those players. I want to go on and advocate a train as well, but I've been on it too many times. <laughs> and I fell off it quite a lot of times as well. Um, so I am just like, like, an advocate is in the back of my mind. Until he's like had 10 games without you know, he's, he's shedding turning into dust. Um, <laughs> then, then I'll believe in Navigator, but I, I want it. Nobody wants it to work out for Navigator more than me, but until then, you know, um, I think, yeah, Jones is a player I'm much more excited about and I hope he can, you know, have a good run of games and sort of break out in that midfield and we have this young, exciting <clears> midfielder running into channels and, and just playing off Bobby and, and, and playing that sort of, you know, exciting attacking midfielder role. It'd be really good. Good points, boys. Good points. Right, we're looking ahead to the start of the season and talking sort of pre-season and injuries. Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez have not featured so far in pre-season. I think Jürgen Klopp's been very wise to not just throw them back in and he's sort of said that he is not just going to throw them back in. What are your thoughts on either of them or both of them starting on day one of the season Deej will come to you do you think we'll see Van Dyke or Gomez at the start of the season 
I think it, it all depends on it, whether they can get some match time in, in preseason. I think we've got, what, have we got one more game out in, in Austria? And then we've got... We've got got Hertha Berlin, haven't we? Yeah, and then we, we've got yeah. three arranged... Is it three or four arranged uh, sort of more locally? Uh, I know we've, mm. we've got our traditional Tradmere friendly. Um, I've, there's the United uh, game I, as well, isn't there? There's the United friendly uh, before the season starts. And there's two Spanish clubs as well, I think. Uh, so I think yeah, if we see... Yeah. If we see Gomez or Van Dijk in, in any of those, I think at least two of those, there's a good chance of them starting the first game. But mm-hmm. I think only one of them will, because I think Canate is also going to start the first game. Simo, do you risk them both, or do you look at Matip and Canate and uh, say, I'm starting them too? Nah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't really... It's, it's, a, it's a manager sort of physio sort of thing. You know, if, the, if, the, if the physios and the fitness coaches say that, that Vodge can play 90 minutes, I'd... That that's when he starts because centre backs aren't, aren't a position to substitute. You know, what I mean, they're not a position that you bring on late in a game to get some minutes. They're not wingers where a lot of what they do on the pitch is is largely let. You know, it's you can get away if they make mistakes, you can get away with it and, and go back to defence. The centre back makes a mistake, it's a goal or, or at least a a, a run through and goal. Um, so, in terms of like, I think it's got to be you know can he play ninety minutes and then that's when he starts because. Unless you're doing it at half time, I think anybody who's ever played football knows how exactly hard it is to come on as a substitute. And everybody's like, you know what I mean? Just they're, they're on a different level for me. And you've got to kind of like wait at least 15 minutes before you're sort of on the level and caught up with everybody that's just been running around for like an hour or so, you know? So um, it's just not, it's not a position that you bring on for minutes. I think you just need to wait um, until he's, he's fit enough to play the 90 minutes, um, which he'll probably do in a game of low consequences or game that we're expecting to win and not have too many dangerous forwards running at us, which <laughs> um, are few, few and far between in the Premier League at the minute. Um, in terms of Kanati, I think Kanati will start because we spent a bit of money on him and he, and, and that's probably, you know, makes sense from the start considering he's, he's fitness right now. Um, Joe Gomez, I think, could maybe step into a right-back role. And you could actually see three of them on the pitch. Um, especially if we're going to be playing with a number 10 or another attacking midfielder and, and, and finding uh, an attacking outlet from, from the centre of the midfield rather than the, the wing-back positions. Because uh, obviously we've been doing that for, for a lot of years now. And some teams are kind of figuring out how to nullify it. Uh, as we've seen last season. So it's good to maybe have a, a different sort because on the right-hand side, Mossad will not really do any sort of defensive work and John Henderson needs to contribute to that a wee bit as well. So having a, a more defensive-minded fullback isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Um, so maybe maybe we'll see Joe, Joe Gomez, Canati and Van Dijk on the pitch at the same time, um, especially now that we've got loads of centre-backs uh, at the club. <laughs> more than we need, probably. <laughs> Real quick as well. Uh, the actual confirmed preseason fixtures. The only ones remaining are Hertha Berlin, Bilbao, and Osasuna. Oh, cool, cool. So we got the three, three. Adam, what's your thoughts? Do you think that Gomez and Van Dijk will start the first game of the season? One, both, or do you think Klopp will look at his other options and, and ease them in slowly? I, 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 well, I think I think mirroring what Simo said a little bit. It, they they play when they're one hundred percent fit. When the physio says they can play ninety minutes, um, I think I'd probably look and see like if if look if they can. I know Samoa was saying like a centre back is not really a position that you want to look to rotate, but that's the beauty about preseason friendlies. Like you get the chance to experiment mm-hmm. with things. Yeah, we were literally just talking about having uh, having Ox operating in the, in the false nine sort of you know just just there's a good chance to just try things out and and I think that's the same fitness wise as. You know, if, if we can get a few minutes into the legs, and then then why not? I wouldn't risk anything if if it's too much of a risk. Then obviously not. But um, if there is an opportunity there, I'd, I, I think I think maybe so. Um, but I don't think they start the season unless the physio is given the absolute all clear. And look, the first two games of the season as well. I think we've got Norwich on the first day, um, and then is it Burnley after that? Yeah, Burnley. Um, yeah. And 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 you'd you'd think yeah you'd hope at least anyway that a combination of Canate and Matip is good enough to handle the likes of Norwich and Burnley. Um, both obviously tall, Canate very physical as well, which could could actually be beneficial for uh, the game mm-hmm. against Burnley anyway. Um, I think it's not until the like the twenty eighth is like the really back end of August that we play Chelsea. And obviously, you'd, again, you'd like to hope that by that point, at least uh, you've got a Virgil, a fully fit Virgil Van Dijk. So I'd, I think, look, again, as Simo said, when they when they can play ninety minutes, that's when they start. 
but I don't think it is an issue if they didn't start the first one or even two games of the season, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll risk them. I think they'll probably give those Anfield games. They'll probably give one in each game. I think they'll probably get forty-five minutes each in one of those games. I don't think they'll risk either of them at the start of the season. I think, like you said, Adam Matip and Kanate can definitely you know fill a good partnership. Um, although we've seen Matip sort of roaming around the midfield area in pre-season, so maybe he'll uh, he might be a false nine. By the coming start of the season, he's definitely got the skill to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he carries the ball like he's Oxley. So well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's so good. So good. Yeah, like, so good. He, he's so good on the ball, old Gile. Someone um, get an email put up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dear uh, Mr. Klopp, have you thought of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, boys, uh, one last one to quickly talk about is we've had a few outgoings since our last sort of transfer chat. Marco Gruich uh, and Harry Wilson and is it Taiwo Aweno? I, I can't never Awo- figure out. Awone? 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 I don't know how you say his done? name. Wilson's confirmed, yeah, 12 yeah. million. So 12 million. Confirmed, I missed that. I, like, With, uh, yesterday it was still unconfirmed, right? It's, it's happened today. Yeah, 15% sell-on fee as well. Um, so nice. I think that's a good a good bit of business from Liverpool. They've raised around... Well, they've basically paid off Canate's transfer, I think. Give or take yeah, with that with that money of about three million. Yeah, yeah, we pretty much paid off the Canate deal, lads. Do you think we'll see quickly? We'll see a few more um, players leave Liverpool. These we'll start with you. Yeah, I think Shakiri's gone. Um, as as much as I think he would like to stay, the guy's twenty nine. He's not really going to be a, a starting eleven player for us. I think he's going to want to go off, especially after the Euros that he had, and kind of mm-hmm. be the star somewhere. And there's been a lot of links to Italy for him. I think Lazio were the, the team that had the, the most links, but I think Napoli were in there as well. And I, I can see him taking advantage of that and going over to Italy and, and being one of one of star players in one of those teams. Um, I think it also makes sense for Big Div to go. I think he, he he's not really going to get much of a look in. He doesn't really no. suit the, the formations that we play. He's a different kind of striker. And yeah, he's done some amazing things for Liverpool. He'll always be a cult hero. <laughs> but again, I think it just makes more sense for him to move on, especially if he wants to be in uh, Martinez's plans for the World Cup. Um, and uh, like Harry Wilson was the main other one I was I was expecting to leave. Now, Fulham is an interesting destination for him, though. And I, I actually think I expected us to get a bit more money for him than than we did. But uh, I struggle with I was always on the fence with him because whether he could actually make it at Liverpool, because yes, his set pieces are great. He's got an eye for a pass. Uh I think if he decided, you know what, I'll I'll play as a central midfielder rather than sort of insisting on being one of sort of the wide attacking players, there might have been more of a chance for him here at Liverpool. Mm. But he is an absolute gem of a player who may be not quite good enough to make the grade for Liverpool, but killed it in the championship in a few loan seasons. I think he is the kind of player that can turn Fulham from a yo-yo club to a, okay, we're now in the Premier League and now we're going to secure our position in the Premier League. So if Fulham end up in the playoffs or in automatic promotion next season, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, especially with this signing of Harry Wilson. I can see him doing big things for them over there. But mainly on people going out, I think we're going to get uh, Shaq and Origi are going to be the next the next two that are, are moved on, I think. Simo, do you echo that? Anyone else you think will go? Uh, maybe not anybody else. Shaq and Origi are the main ones I'm sort of looking at. I hope Devot goes to a club that he's just like the number one man. I hope he goes on and like, gets a bang, uh, a bunch of goals and stuff like that after everything he's done the club. I think he deserves at least a good run. At being, it's, it's been a long time since Devot Origi's been our first choice striker. It's been a long old time. It's probably been five years or so. Four or five years, isn't it? Um, and I, I want to be going and, and see if, if he can take it. He's, he's never going to be fitter or in a better place than he is, you know, just coming on to that sort of, is it 26 now? Um, so it's, I think it's his time to go and, and be the number one choice. I think Shaq, it makes sense for him to go after these really positive Euro campaigns. His stock is probably never going to be higher. So in terms of getting some decent wages at a club that he goes to, uh, it's probably a good time for Shaq to go. You know, I don't think a couple of seasons of just being a rotational player for Liverpool, he's going to have a higher stock than he does now, especially since he's 29. Um, I don't think there'll be any qualms about clubs giving him a three or four year contract. Um, um, even if it's a, if he's taking a drop at a smaller club, maybe he gets a five-year contract, you never know, and, and he steps into that sort of talismanic role 
uh, that he did for uh, Switzerland. That he did absolutely superb. I think he was all over the pitch on the left, in the centre, on the right. Um, and I think that sort of versatility makes him very uh, employable as well. So I think Shaq should go where he can get like a lot of money in his wages right now, and, and he's he's quite highly rated throughout Europe. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't think too many outgoings make too much sense for us. I think uh, maybe maybe another couple of players in would be. Uh, I'd like for another central midfielder personally just to add a wee bit more competition um, into that area of the pitch uh, and maybe another rotational sort of winger uh, or even a, 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 another player a centre forward to, to give Bobby some competition if they're the parts as well could probably make sense but yeah that's, I, I would think it's a, a, a terrible win though I know people are quite upset with not out and spent the bag um, just yet um, but you know that's that's just football the, the world is, is, is in a weird old state just now so <laughs> I'll take as being stable and, and still with a, a Champions League and Premier League winning squad. <laughs> I think I think I think you just made it on the head there, Samir. A lot of people forget that this is still a Premier League, Champions League winning squad. We've lost sort of one of that sort of ilk, if you will, in, in Wijnaldum. But I think it's just a lot of a lot of FIFA football Twitter people just want Liverpool to go and buy <laughs> 200, 300 million pounds worth of players and just shove them into the team and make it work. It's like they don't sort of realise that it's not FIFA. You can't just buy Harry Kane and give him 500,000 pounds a week without any consequences. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's real life. And, and at the end of the day, the, you know, the world's still in a bit of a shit state. Um, finances are still in a bit of a shit state. So Liverpool are being very clever and not just blowing all their cash, which I think is a smart move. Adam, um, outgoing on to that. Yeah, go on. I I think people, people actually forget how we got to this point as well. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't get to this point by Gallic. I know we, we spent big on Van Dijk and Alisson, but ultimately to, to actually build this squad, we haven't gone out and broke the bank on every single player. We've taken our time. We've chosen the right players. And, and we've constructed, a, as you said, a Champions League and Premier League winning squad. Uh, I think people forget that as well, that it's, you know, it's, it's, that's not the only way to run a football club. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's not the only way to run a football club. And I think Liverpool's approach is very smart. It's wise and it's obviously worked. It's worked in the past. Just stick with the faith. Stop panicking. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say <laughs> to people is stop just scaremongering and... and being so beggy because <laughs> um, in, in the past when Liverpool have spent big you know when we sold Suarez the signings we brought in then you know it was disastrous the season after that absolutely yeah, disastrous <laughs> Liverpool's history tends to be spend big and it doesn't particularly go very well so let's just stick Carroll to what we're doing bigger. Andy Carroll Aquilani do you know what I mean Downing, <laughs> Markovic, uh, you know, they're talking, uh, there's a 200 pounds worth of players there that I'm going to assume that a lot of people are, that are kind of, don't, 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 don't recognise any of those players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. We, we, we talk about this quite a lot, don't we? But Adam, do you think anyone else will be uh, leaving Liverpool this, this window? Um, I, I don't, I'm, um, um, I don't think so. I think the only body, only other person that sort of comes off the top of my head um, would be Nat Phillips. I don't necessarily think we'll sell him, but I just know there's interest there from, mm. uh, I think, West Ham and maybe Newcastle. Brighton as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's going to be the right yeah, like, replacement. Um, yeah, I think yeah, there's, there's definitely interest. There's definitely interest there. So I, I think, look, there's, there's maybe a chance if the right offer comes in. Um, but I'm I'm not really too sure at this. There's nothing concrete enough yet for me to sort of say with with certainty that I think he's going to go. Yeah. Um, just just to quickly go on to to, to Shakiri again. I've I've recently said I like I'd love him to stay at the club. Um, which to be fair, I think that with the quality he's got, I think he definitely probably like, in in terms of like from a footballing sense and the quality that he possesses, probably should. But after the Euros, he's had. As as the boys have said, it's it, from a business point of view, it would almost be silly not to try and move him on at this point. Obviously, as mm-hmm. Simo said, he's he, he's you know, he's twenty nine now. Um, just literally, his stock impossible for his stock to be higher than than what it currently is uh, going on until the end of his career now. So I, I think from a business point of view, it probably does make sense, um, especially with Harvey Elliott, um, you know, coming through and, and and maybe being somebody to to, to provide that cover instead. Um, and then you know Origi again. I actually I I think West Ham are also interested in Origi, 
which would I think make sense for them. Um, probably suit. He'd, he'd probably suit a West Ham sort yeah, of style he'd, of play, he'd, wouldn't he? I I think he would suit the way they play. Um, he would almost definitely start for them. Moisey um, type of player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if if there's any if there's any sort of again it's another transfer story that there's not too much weight behind yet. But if there's any weight behind the uh, Liverpool interest in Bowen from West Ham. If there's anything there at all, it would maybe, with swap deals becoming more and more popular, especially with people uh, being reduced in funds due to COVID, there could be something in that. Maybe Origi goes one way, Bowen comes another. Um, so, so that's that's another thing I could I could maybe see happening potentially. I've had no two pop in my head. Yeah. I've had two pop in my head. I could probably go. Uh, Costas Samakis either needs to be a rotational player for Andy Robertson and not just like <laughs> <laughs> where it be James Milner. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he needs to move on you know he's like I think he's coming up to 25 years old uh, it's the same with Ben Davis I know we need like a 19th choice centre back but at that point like, you may as well just take someone from the academy uh, I think Celtic were interested in Ben Davis as well but you know, there are players that you just are you really bored if they depart are you really bored if they stay you know what I mean either be the player you were bought to be or you know Move on. Other <laughs> as well, isn't he? Like he he's at the point now where he's got to be looking to get regular first team football to kick on in his career, and I don't think we're going to loan him out. So I, th- I think Wait, who's it? Who's it? Sorry, Nico Williams. There's been talk mm-hmm. that uh, Connor Bradley is going to be our backup right back this next season because Nico's angling for a move. And and as much as I'd love for us to have sort of two of the best young British right backs, uh, like at our club. You've got to think about what's fair for, for Nico, right? Is he going to be happy playing understudy for Trent? Uh, again, had a relatively good Euros when he was on on for Wales. Mm. Um, I, I can I can see him maybe going for a sort of high-end championship, low-end Premier League move um, to sort of start his career off as a, as a number one choice right back as well. He could do it. He could do it for a lot of clubs. I think he is at a level where he could, you know, he's played internationally as well, I think, and he's, he's versatile. He can play left-back as well. Was, I think I yeah, a lot of clubs he, he could playing... do he was playing left wing back for Wales in the Euros. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely versatility. And that's why I, I'd probably argue I'd I'd maybe like to see him get a loan move first before we sort of decided on what we were going to do with him. Because look, at the end of the day, like he doesn't have to stay the understudy for Trent. He could end up being a left back for us. And then we've got, uh, yeah, two. Uh, obviously, Robertson's a lot older than Trent. So it, it, I, I would be, <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy I'd, with I'd, him I'd, as a rotational I'd, player. I think we need to rotate a wee bit better. Yeah. I would be happy for this to not play I, I right just, back I, and left back to play less than sixty games a year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just not too set on him seeing him go yet. I think if he's going to go anywhere, I'd like to see it be alone first, yeah. just to yeah. sort of see what what he can do. <clears throat> yeah, I'd echo that, Adam. I think if we're going to get rid of him, I think it probably would be on a loan deal. Right, boys, that's that's about time, I think, this week. Um, it's been a good old chat. Nice to get everyone back together and talk Liverpool. Uh, we'll be back soon, probably when something happens, really. It's been a bit quiet, all things Liverpool, and we're sort of just scrambling for ideas. Uh, lads, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me, and thank you very much for the listeners. Cheery, bye. Cheers, guys. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.